Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want a Spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud, and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Welcome back for another episode of All Fired Up. I'm truly excited to bring you today's very special recording with some awesome people. But first of all, just a few things to chat through. I wanted to say thank you, as I always do, for all of your correspondence with me and reactions, especially for the last one that we did on this documentary and research trial that's happening in New Zealand all about uh, feeding shit pills from thin people to big teenagers. And it was a great episode and it's definitely stirred up a lot of interest and opinion and kind of horror, I guess, because when you really kind of think about the implications and the ethics of that kind of trial, it's quite upsetting. So thank you everyone for getting in touch and sharing, I guess, the pain of all of that. There is actually a blog post that my guest Jessica has done for us, updating us on the status of what happened in the final episode of the documentary, what they actually found. So kind of a wrap up as we were promising in the last episode. So if you want to go to untrapped.com.au and check out the blog, you'll be able to find out what happened right there. And if you're enjoying the All Fired Up podcast, please make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss the episodes when they pop out every two weeks. And if you're feeling kind and generous, please leave us a really nice rating and review. I'm suggesting five stars because the more positive feedback we get, the more visible we become and the more people will find our podcast and the message can spread. And of course, if something's getting up your nose, if something's really pissing you off about diet culture, I really want to hear about it. So send me an email to louise at untrapped.com.au, get it off your chest, and we'll see if we can look into it further for you and perhaps unpick it here on the podcast. And just a reminder that there are some free resources that you can obtain if you're looking for a bit of information about health at every size and the anti-diet approach and the science that it's based on. There's a free ebook that I've co-written with Fiona Willer, who is a dietitian and an awesome anti-diet representative. And we have co-written this ebook and we have called it Everything You've Been Told About Weight Loss Is Bullshit. And in it, we dissect the top 10 myths that are floating around in diet culture about weight science and weight loss and health. And it's stuffed full of references and studies and all of the research. So it's a really good resource to download. And as I said, it's completely free. So go to untrapped.com.au. It should just pop up and you can download it and share it with as many people as you can. And I would encourage you to include health professionals in that share as well, because the more people that find out about this approach being so completely supported by science, the more likely we are to get all kinds of changes happening. And that includes something that's really close to my heart, which is better healthcare for people in larger bodies. If you're more of an Instagram person than going to websites, you can find the ebook by going to the Instagram page, which is untrapped underscore AU and click on the link in the bio and the ebook's right there for you as well. So hop along and get a copy and share it far and wide. 
And of course, our wonderful podcast is supported by the even more incredible Untrapped online course, which has been running for just over a year now. And in Untrapped, which I developed alongside a whole pile of amazing anti-diet health professionals, we really help people and support people in letting go and unlearning diet culture stuff and becoming reconnected with things like intuitive eating, moving for joy, letting go of weight focus and body policing and becoming much more embodied. It's an incredible course. It's extremely comprehensive. I, I kind of doubt that there's anything else out there that has so many experts providing such a high level of input. And what I love about Untrapped is our beautiful online community that we have on Facebook. So it's a, it's a private community. It's only for people who are doing the Untrapped course, but I want to grow that community because I have to tell you, it's freaking amazing how the bonding that people are doing in there is really creating a sense of kind of group empowerment and people's lives are changing because they're more able to take a stand, stick up for themselves, put up boundaries with other people, develop hobbies and interests and stuff like that. It's just a glorious awakening that I'm seeing happening. So if you are struggling and you want to do something different than just another diet, consider joining us at Untrapped. You can check out the program and everything involved in it at untrapped.com.au. So this brings us to this week's show. This is so incredible because I'm talking today to two people, two incredible people that I met a couple of years ago when I traveled to the Binge Eating Disorder Association conference in San Francisco and had a lovely opportunity to spend a few days getting to know them. So this is Aaron Flores and Glenis Oyston. And both of these people are American. They are dietitians and very fierce haze-oriented practitioners. Aaron works in Calabasas in California and Glenis is based in LA. And I'll give you their website details after I talk to them. They also have this incredible podcast, which is called Dietitians Unplugged, where they talk to all sorts of really cool people from around the world about this haze approach and everything that it involves. And if you haven't subscribed to Dietitians Unplugged, I would encourage you to do so. You don't have to be a dietitian to listen to it. It's just really interesting stuff. They have a really eclectic group of people, interesting subjects, and just, you know, sparkling conversations. And the more people that you hear this non-diet haze approach stuff from, the deeper your learning becomes, and it's pretty awesome stuff. So I'm really excited to talk to Glennis and Aaron today because we have a really fascinating subject matter. As the world seems to be really waking up to this anti-diet approach and, you know, really recognizing that diets aren't working, that there's a bit of a problem with weight stigma, that there's more support for things like body positivity and those sorts of concepts, more and more people are becoming open to the idea of health at every size, which is completely awesome. But we have noticed that, you know, there's a bit of a, a kind of limit that people seem to impose on when health at every size is quote unquote okay to use. Basically this idea that there's like a fat limit above which, you know, we really need to go back to dieting. And there's also this kind of oh, a sort of splinter or disagreement in, in health professional circles about health at every size and exactly what it means. And, you know, this idea that can we really do both? You know, can we do a bit of health at every size and can we do a bit of weight loss? We've touched on these kinds of topics in the podcast before, but today with Glennis and Aaron, we really drill into it and it's a really 
fantastic conversation. So with no further ado, I give you my lovely colleagues, Glennis and Aaron. So I'm so happy to welcome you both, Glennis and Aaron. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And so tell me, what is firing you up at the moment? Well, I'm going to start. <laughs> so one of the things that, that I've been hearing lately is that... So I take a health at every size approach. And you know we have a podcast and we talk a lot about that. And a couple of things happened. One, we got an email, which is you know, an honest sort of question from somebody saying, I'm on board with health at every size. I get it. But what about the people who are just too fat? And like that can't be healthy and their organs are literally being crushed, which I did not think was a, you know, an actual medical diagnosis, organs being crushed by your body. But, you know, and so it was sort of like, what about the people who are just too fat? What do you do about them? Mm. And in a separate conversation really close to that, I had a friend who is like the nicest person in the world, really. And she kind of gets what I do. And she's not a clinical person. She's like a lay person. We're just really good friends. And, you know, we were sort of talking and got around to a celebrity, a really large celebrity. We were talking about Chrissy Metz for one second Mm -hmm. from the the TV show, This Is Us. And she said, well, she's just too large. And I... Too large. (laughs) Too large. She's just too big. She's not healthy. I'm worried about her or something like that. (gasps) And I said, well, number one, you don't have to worry about her. It's okay. She doesn't need your your worry. (laughs) She doesn't (laughs) need you to be concerned about her. So let me relieve you of that. But number two, it was so funny. I said, hey, did you just really say that to me? Because they all know (laughs) what I do. And she said, oh, yes. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I just thought, why did I just say that? Oh. I'm actually glad because I like to know what people are thinking, right? Like, I think, mm-hmm. hey, let's bring that out. And, oh, there's a too fat limit for you. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, she really genuinely thought, oh, this person's unhealthy because a body can't be that big and be healthy. And I mm-hmm. said, well, what makes you think she's unhealthy necessarily? Because I don't know. I don't know what her labs say. I don't know what she does in her her spare time with her health habits. Mm -hmm. I don't know her history of dieting. I don't know anything about her other than she's on a TV show. So I can't tell. And then of course, I was accused of being very clinical in a nice way. And I thought, oh, I'm very proud of myself then for that. (laughs) I know. I think being called clinical is an excellent insult. I am in fact a clinician. So yeah, so I was pretty happy about that, but disappointed that there definitely was a limit of like, this is, there's too fat. And what do you do for them? Because clearly just letting people eat what and how they want or letting their internal cues of hunger and fullness guide them is just not a good idea for some people. Mm. And so I thought that was really like, huh, you know, yeah. I'm, the message is not getting through. So, well, it's kind of of getting through because I've had that response from a lot of friends and, you know, clients as well and health professionals that, yeah, I get it. I love it. But there's like a a fat limit, like a weight limit on it, which people do confuse with health. Like if someone's very large, they cannot be healthy. And therefore we've got to go back to diet culture for advice on that. Right. And I think that maybe they're misunderstanding what health at every size means because they haven't, you know, done a deep dive into it the way I have. And what they're thinking is it means you are healthy at whatever weight you're at. Like they're just saying, no matter what weight you are, you're healthy. And it's not at all that I have to explain that every time. It's about being able to pursue health from wherever you are in your current body, right? Doesn't matter how large you are, we can start to do things that move you towards, you know, or to to help you pursue healthy habits, Mm. 
health improvement. Sort of, yeah. Right. And, and going beyond that, looking at an entire person's kind of situation, right? Not just stopping at, do you just do healthy habits? But, you know, what is it that that person needs to be supported in the world? Mm. So I think that they're very, they're confused about what health at every size means too. Yeah. Oh, look, totally. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard, oh, healthy at every size, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would have been, you know, probably driving a BMW by now. <laughs> it's right. really, I want, really I want everybody to stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you get that too, Aaron? Oh, well, listen, I was just talking with a colleague of mine who was on a call with someone from our professional nutrition organization. And the person who was pretty high up was kept referring it to as healthy at every size. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I have read an academic journal where they're talking about healthy at every size. Yeah. So, you know, obviously even at the level of, you know, academic research and publishing and peer review, so it's not just, you know, everyday people, it's academics and people in the profession who are misunderstanding this to be all those weird people who say that everyone's healthy uh, no matter how big or small they are. It's, it's a real, like, it's a huge stereotype, but I don't really know why people think like that. But I guess it's good to come on and rant about it to clear the air, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I think with Christy Metz, like, why, when that, when your friend says, Glenn is like, oh, I'm worried about their health, like, why is that even our like mindset? Like, why do we need to be worried about someone we don't even know's health? Shouldn't mm. we be worried about like, hey, are they doing a good job acting on the show I'm watching? Like, right. that's really all we should really care about. Yeah. yeah, she's, yeah. she's not your cousin. <laughs> cool. <laughs> not to say we can't care about people that we see on television, but uh, first and foremost, their job is to entertain us. Mm. Mm. not... And- it's interesting that we all of a sudden think everybody's health is our business now. Right. 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 Their pursuit of health or how they choose to define their health is their business. It's not a place that we get to navigate in as a public, just because a person has a public life. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems to be the case for any kind of actors in larger bodies for sure. Uh, I would say any actor period. Right. Yeah. 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 We don't see these like health concern, you know, rampantly for, actors in soap operas and you know we we just don't hear health concern unless there's someone in a larger body on screen right i would agree we don't know what measures people are doing to remain extremely small to be on television and i can tell you that when i run into celebrities in la which i occasionally do i'm surprised that they actually do look a lot smaller than they do on screen so they Mm -hmm. are doing some there are probably some extreme measures happening here for people to remain very small because, you know, as everybody has said, it puts 10 pounds on or something like that. But Mm. nobody seems to be concerned about that. No. Uh, It's only when somebody's in a larger body that all of a sudden we're taking ownership Mm. of people in larger bodies. So people in larger bodies are being, they're for public consumption, right? Like we get to say stuff about them that we wouldn't say about probably smaller bodies Yeah, in the same way. No, but it's, you know, are people really concerned about health? Are are people really that concerned about someone's health status? Or are those kinds of comments and reactions really just, you know, fat phobia showing up? 
I am 100% convinced that when somebody in the 10th grade wrote fat bitch on my locker, that they were not concerned about my health. So I'm going to say no, they're not concerned about health. Oh, that's horrible, Dennis. Times in high school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All of those, all those people worried about your health. But even, you know, because it happened, you know, the, I've forgotten her name, but the model that was on the cover of the magazine, Tess Tess Holiday. Tess Holiday. Thank you. Like the enormous amount of, trolling and that is not health concern that's happening from that cover no Um, we did a a podcast about that sort of about the the health trolling that was going on you know it's like (laughs) she's just modeling lingerie okay it's okay she's not modeling health right she's not a public threat Uh uh-huh there's no way of winning though because i guess even if you know someone like chrissy metz actually released her health status i don't know if anyone's ever done that before but you know put all of her bloods and other kinds of measures of biomedical health out there and kind of reassured the public that she was perfectly healthy if everyone would settle down and be okay with that i wonder what would happen no, there would be the very vague future health threat that like well you're okay now but you're going to be you know, you're going to die someday which is you know as we all will kind of true yeah and let's even just sort of analyze like the, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're saying too, but like the absurdity of someone even having to go and do that, you know, know. Like, who else would even, would they even say like, oh, well, maybe if you just release some information from your latest physical, people will get off your back. I was like, like who mm-hmm. else has to jump through those hoops to be seen as equal or even as seeing as acceptable right? To, mm-hmm. For us to see them on TV, in a magazine, or on a show. It, yeah. It's just, it's absurd. Absolutely. The, the very idea that that should be perceived as necessary is horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. No one should have to jump through any kind of hoop in order to exist and do their job and do whatever the hell they want in life. So health is not a moral obligation and reporting on our health shouldn't be something that People in larger bodies should be forced to do in order to exist in this culture. It's so annoying. Yeah. So, Aaron, I don't think you've told us what is pissing you off at the moment. Well, something came across like my Facebook feed this week. There was, you know, our Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics here in the States had their annual conference in Washington. I really never, almost never go. I went once probably about eight years ago, maybe a little bit. I don't know, around then, but I've not been since. And I sort of have talked about with some colleagues, like, I just, I don't think I would ever go in the near future just because living in, in a larger body for me, like, I don't feel very comfortable sort of navigating that environment, uh, you know, conference wise, but I do regret going this year because there was this really apparently amazing debate and a session where Christy Harrison debated, Hey, Hayes, Health at Every Size, mm-hmm. with Dr. Robert Kushner, who yeah. was sort of talking about weight loss. And again, I'm what, I wasn't there, so I'm just getting what little information I got via Facebook and some friends who were posting about how well Christy did and how, how well she spoke in supporting this paradigm. And then I sort of went down the rabbit hole. And I think anytime there's a rabbit hole, I think you should just stay away from them. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. I tend to, but when I dove into this one, I started reading some of the other sort of dietitians that I don't know on social media and especially on Twitter talking about leaving that debate and really questioning why can't we do both? You know, both seem so appropriate and both seem, both people were able to eloquently discuss the pros of their approach. And these dietitians sort of were saying like, 
there must be middle ground rather than separating us. And I looked at that and I was like, usually I'm totally the consensus maker, right? I, I just, mm-hmm. I love to see the gray area and I love to see the middle ground with things. And this is one of those areas that I completely disagree with them. Like I was reading this and I was like, this is one thing you just can't do both. You can't have body liberation and a health at every size approach with a goal towards weight loss or honor or even looking at like that as a, not even a goal, but even just like as a pursuit. Mm. Oh, I'll just do this now. And then maybe I'll lose weight later or I'll lose weight first. And then I'll come into health at every size. It's like Mm. health at every size, the way I use health at every size in my practice and in my life. And and the thing that it resonates with me is that it's, it's about, it is born as a result of diet mentality. It is a direct sort of opposite approach towards normalizing weight within one set of defined ranges. Mm -hmm. And health at every size is a rejection of that. And you can't have both. You can't live with both. And, you know, we were talking before we recorded, right? I think it's called, what is it? Splinter assing? What? I don't even know what you said. (laughs) Yeah. So it sort of comes from um, the idea of sitting on the fence. Like if you're sitting on the fence, then I think it's Fiona Sutherland who talks about if you're sitting on a fence, you're going to get splinters in your ass. So yeah, there it's you go. <laughs> splinter assing to sort of sit on the fence in between sometimes using haze health at every size, sometimes offering people weight loss. And listen, I thank you for the context because, you know, <laughs> my description of just like splinter assing sounds like probably a poor sport that you would get if you went to like a football game or something like that, <laughs> that sat, sat on a bad bleacher, you know? Um, <laughs> So yours, it makes much more sense. Yeah. But like, I respect people who are just learning about Hayes, trying to do both and mm. see the validity of both. But as someone who's been doing this for not a long while, but a, a little while and feeling comfortable in it and sort of being fully immersed within this paradigm, you can't do both. You know, you can't yeah. straddle both. You you are eventually going to have to choose a side. And it's okay to choose a side. Like, I think it's okay to say, this is where I land. And hopefully yeah. as people learn more about health at every size, people will embrace it more and more and it will gain more of a following and, and people who are open to a really deep understanding of it. But you got to pick one because I think what the problem is, is it's not the professionals that suffer. It's our clients. Exactly. Those are, those are the ones who really suffer when we straddle that paradigm mm. and we try to do both is our clients like, are like, uh, you know, you said this three seconds ago and <laughs> now you're saying this, and I don't know which is right now. Uh-huh. Right. It's confusing and sort of gaslighting to give exactly. messages. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. When we straddle, the client suffers. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> and, and yeah. And Aaron, you're right. This haze, our haze approach is often a reaction to the diet world in mm-hmm. which so many of us have been harmed ourselves personally by diets mm-hmm. and diet yes. mentality. And we're seeing clients and many people harmed by dieting. We've seen people increase their weight over time. So how can we do a middle ground with something that we believe is doing harm? That is harmful, right? Exactly. And and then we're looking at the evidence that says the more people diet, the higher their weight goes. And Mm. the more people diet, the more disordered eating they have. Mm. And there there is actually evidence to show that. So it's not Mm. like we're just sort of, we just believe it in our hearts. We're actually looking at evidence. And I really do feel somebody who lived in diet culture and became increasingly disordered in, in my eating and unhappy with my body, that diet culture harms. So I can't put somebody else through that. So there isn't a middle ground that I can come to on this with, mm. 
with dieting that dieting is okay for some and not okay for others. Mm -hmm. And also, like Aaron said, this is going to breed distrust with our clients where they're like, well, are you saying health at every size is okay for some people, but not for me? And that's going to... For somebody who's been Mm -hmm. traumatized by diets, that's going to be incredibly hard. I know. And can you imagine like being one of these people who's passed the so-called fat limit and the practitioner kind of giving them a message, maybe subtly, but still that person getting the message of actually you're, you're too fat now for health at every size, you must go back to dieting is... I can't even imagine how soul-destroying that kind of message would be to someone. Yeah. There's so much of this at the moment, isn't there? Even at our eating disorders conferences in here in Australia over the last couple of years, we have had that real kind of, come on, we're all in this together. Let's try and find the middle ground. Let's say, you know, Obesity Inc. can work really well with eating disorders. It's kind the of diet equivalent yeah. of appeasement. <laughs> yeah. That didn't yeah. work so well during World War II. So no appeasement <laughs> for diets. No, no. But I think, you know, the people who, like I liked what you said, Aaron, about maybe people who are just coming to this, just learning about it, do straddle for a bit. And I know I straddled completely. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's part of the process, but it's, I guess it's when people stop straddling as a result of just learning and just deliberately straddle to, to either profit or to, you know, expand their market that I have a real problem with because that really does continue all of the harm. Well, listen, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's if people are straddling because they're choosing not to do any more growth, that's the problem. Mm, you know, like, yeah. oh, oh, this feels like I could maybe do both. I mean, like you, you're basically like throwing in the towel on, you know, really moving forward in that development. Yeah. I'd be interested in your opinion on this because I think like the people who do say, look, can we do both? I think that they ignore two things. I think the first thing that they ignore is the weight science. Like you were talking about, Glennis, like, you know, the weight science could not be any clearer that dieting doesn't work and that also dieting causes physical and psychological harm over time. People are ignoring that. And also I think the second part that people ignore when they say we can do both is, you know, fat phobia and weight stigma. I agree. I think it's that second piece, to be honest. I think it's, they think about the clients that they've worked with in the past and they, it it does come down to that. It's like, this person's too fat for health at every size. Like Mm. I I can't sit across from this person and (laughs) keep my mouth shut about Mm. them, you know, trying to lose weight. Like it's, I think that's what it is. And I think especially in our profession and listen, I would wonder if it's, I'm going to, give a generality here, but I'm wondering if it's also like how long people have been practicing. You know, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if, you know, some people who are newer to this are going to be more open to such a a different approach versus someone who's been doing this for Mm -hmm. 30 years and was like, well, this is how we do it. You know, Mm -hmm. you're asking me to to rewrite my truth, right? That I understood for so long. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's Mm -hmm. just a guess. I also think one of the reasons this is really hard to embrace is that it's money, right? Like yeah. people make money from weight loss. That's a lucrative industry to be in. So when we're challenging that, we are also challenging a lot of people's livelihood. And to then, you know, if you're a dietitian, to then turn your practice around and sort of do a 180. And that's like a big deal. So I can also see why people sort of cling to this idea. It's like, well, the other thing is that that you'll find most people out there still very much wanting to lose weight. So you have a much bigger audience, right? And more people who are willing to pay you versus, you know, a lot of health at every size dietitians, it's a hard sell to say like, hey, you know, you might 
remain in a larger body, but you're going to feel really good about eating. Mm. You're going to feel pretty good about your life and probably about yourself ultimately. That, that's not the sexy cell. No. <laughs> right? like, you have to be an activist for the rest of your life defending your large body. You know, mm-hmm. like that's, no. that's a hard cell. So I do believe that one, that we're threatening people's livelihood to some degree. Mm-hmm. For that, I am sorry. I don't want you to not be able to pay your rent or your mortgage, mm-hmm. but we have to think about what is what harm are we doing? Oh, yeah. and, and we all want that new Beamer just like Ruby's here. So, you know. <laughs> totally happy with the Hyundai. It's fine. <laughs> But, but yeah, it's it's about something bigger. It's about fighting for something that is about human right at the end of the day. And I think that comes into it too about, because it is, it's a lonely place to become a social justice kind of aware health practitioner, but it's certainly becoming less lonely as more and more people wake up and start doing it. So I think, you know, it's really on the upswing. And like even the fact that Christy Harrison did that debate on such a big platform and obviously did such a great job. I'm going to listen to it later today. Actually, I've downloaded it and I'm very excited. But, you know, the fact that debate is happening and people are starting to talk is really encouraging. Yeah, well, listen, I think that's what I remember about the last Fancy this annual conference that I went to, was that Linda Bacon debated, I forget who it was, but some other, like, I think Foyette. For right? it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like this health at every size debate there. And, and that was a, can I curse? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was, a, that was a shit show. Thanks for giving me permission, Gladys. Sorry, I'm, I know. Like, oh, podcast. This is not my podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was like totally unequal footing. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was a total shit show. So really? yeah. you know, I'm glad that it was done again. And it sounds like handled pretty well. Oh, well, look, this is what happens, right? If we keep on fighting, if we just don't shut up, and we keep bringing arguments from more and more different health professionals who are just sick of this status quo. It, the tide is turning. The things are changing. So we just have to keep squeaky wheeling, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. One other thing I just thought about is too, is, and I'm wondering if this is another re- reason why people don't want to do this work is because they, be, they didn't become dietitians because they want to do social justice work, right? Yeah. They want to, you know, it's just like, it's like maybe not even in their fiber, you know? And I think... Mm. Listen, I didn't become a dietitian to do social justice work either. But like when I found it, I was like, heck yeah, this is where I want to be. Like, this is totally how I was raised in my whole life. So like this makes perfect sense. Mm. And maybe some people are like, I don't know why we're talking about politics when you talk about food. I'm like, because food is is political, like, because it is. Yeah. No, it'd be interesting, isn't it, to, I know... Fiona Willer is doing some research on Australian dietitians and looking at the difference between dietitians who choose health at every size as opposed to the more traditional weight loss focused dietitians. And the research results aren't out yet, but how fascinating because I think we do need to kind of learn more about, you know, who are the, why are some practitioners more socially justice comfortable than others? Like we see it reflected in the world of politics too. It's sort of right versus left. And yeah, it's the big topic. Absolutely. Especially this day and age. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I I do feel that people become dietitians and therapists because they are inherently helping people. Yeah, we want to help. They are are people who, they're helpers. They want Mm -hmm. to make their lives better. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that people who are weight loss oriented are still, they do still feel that they are helping people to be better. Like, that's why I became a dietitian, right? Like, oh, I'm going to help fat people not be fat anymore. And that's going to make their lives better because that that made my life better. So I came into it not being like, haha, I'm going to ruin fat people's lives. Like I really did genuinely want to 
to help people. And then when I sort of was exposed to this in a very dramatic and prolonged way that I couldn't get away from, which was great. (laughs) But then I realized like, well, I'm not helping people. And to be honest, I'm not helping myself either. When I had to look at my life and say, I'm not happy. Do I want to do this to other people? So I think that as people sort of can see the harm being done, that that maybe, you know, this is why Mm -hmm. it is starting to spread to some degree. Yeah, it is. And I have such admiration for health practitioners who do like recognize the harm. So like, cause I run training workshops and just the last couple of workshops has been people saying stuff like, Oh my God, I think I need to quit my job and, <laughs> and things like that because the, the recognition of harm is coming and, and then a recognition that I really need to change my practice or change what I do. But that, that's, yeah. that's a really brave thing to do and a really big thing to change. But it's also so important to do it because when you said, Glennis, that people, we're nice people, we want to help people. And if someone sits down in front of us and says, I really want to lose weight, then there might be that part of yourself that says, I really want to help you get what you think you want. But to then offer something that you know won't work or, you know, that is going to cause harm in the long term, that's the bit I have the problem with because I do hear people saying, oh, you know, if people want it, we should give it to them. But Imagine that happened in surgery. Like, I'm going to give you this operation that won't work and might actually make you sicker. It wouldn't matter how much the patient wanted it. Medical ethics would say, no, we can't do that. And that's what I really think we should be doing with weight loss dieting, just sort of banning it. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to just answer the the sort of the person who wrote to us about what about the people who are too fat, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, going back to that, I just wanted to sort of offer that I think we can look at somebody who's in a very large body and say, well, what do you want to do? What would you want to do to be healthier? You know, and look at like, do you have an eating disorder that you need help from? Do you need help with your eating? Are you fine? You know, or do you just, do you want to not do anything too, right? Like, so I don't see where health at every size (laughs) doesn't work here. Like it does work. Mm -hmm. We can say like, what is it that you need help with? Are you somebody who needs physical therapy to help get you conditioned to do what you need? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So there are many, many things we can do in larger bodies. And we know very large people who are doing very athletic things. So, you know, just this idea that there is a body that's too large to start working towards new health habits, if that's what that person wants to do. Yeah. It's just not, it's not a credible idea. Like we, you know, yeah, we, there's, there's we no weight cut off. Right. I, I don't <laughs> want to be a weight cut off where it's like, no, you just can't. I think that people are going for weight loss surgery are often never presented with the alternative, which is why, hey, would you mm. be interested in trying this health at every size thing first? Mm. You know, that's not presented as an alternative. And no. that's, I think, the big problem. Yeah, it's a terrible issue that when people get to a certain size, it seems that weight loss surgery is flung at them left, right and center with, without their consent. And you're right, without that choice of, you know, okay, here you are in your body that you have right now and here's your health behaviours that you're doing right now and here's where you want to be with health behaviours. That's what it's about. Haze it isn't about ignoring people's health status. It's about helping people choose health-supportive behaviours that suit them and also recognising that health behaviours aren't a moral imperative and if people want to do nothing, that's their right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so much, there's so much, like when you kind of dig underneath, like weight loss dieting is so boring. (laughs) Oh my God. So boring. (laughs) (laughs) We know what's going to happen. And it's also, you know, it's like people forget that like dieting doesn't work no matter what size you are. So if you get a really big person, the diet's going to not work on the big person. 
It's not like right. it suddenly gets effective if you do. And my guess is, because I don't know that many large people that haven't tried dieting at some yeah. point, just because that's the culture that we live in, right? Like, oh, if you're large, you should diet. So I, I think most people want to fit in. So if somebody's already at a very large weight, it's like, well, if they've been on 10 diets before this and they didn't work, what, you know, how is that going to work this time? Yeah. Yeah. But the solution then is, well, weight loss surgery, which is a whole other like thing that pisses me off. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I've had people, you know, who have been, I'm thinking of one client in particular, who's been really threatened with weight loss surgery for years. And he's made the choice to do the Hayes stuff and trying to educate his team of medical people about what health at every size is has been really quite interesting. And I'd say like, you know, we're, we're a year or so in and maybe half the team now get it. Mm. But yes, half the team are still like, like literally referring him to surgery without his consent and he gets the intake forms in the mail and <laughs> just throws them away because it's sort of some people just cannot hear that, that this person has a choice and is consenting with stuff that he thinks is right for him. Yeah. Elizabeth and Preston half came on board. Yeah. I might be a bit optimistic there when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep myself yeah. motivated. <laughs> oh, and it's, you know, it's so exhausting for all of our clients to have to continually be educating their healthcare providers that like, hey, no, I'm not going to do the weight loss thing. I'm doing this other thing that, that where I'm trying to do, you know, pursue health, certain health habits. But all they keep getting is, well, if you just lost weight, if you just lost mm-hmm. weight, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, if you just waved your magic wand and just lost weight, everything. Oh, if I grew wings, I wouldn't have to drive anywhere. I so I just grew wings. But it's going to say, if you just weren't you, this wouldn't be happening, which, right. yeah, okay, but it is happening and I am me and what are we going to do about it is much more useful. Yeah. I've had a similar email, Glennis, like not long ago actually saying, you know, I love the podcast. I love everything you talk about. I love all of the concepts, but you know, what about health? You know, what if someone has some kind of health condition, which means they have to lose weight to get healthy? So I think we get this message all the time that's a, yes, I get it, but... Right. It's funny because it's like, oh, we're not talking about health. We're just Mm. talking about eating whatever you want all the time. You know, it's like, no, we're talking about health still. Like, we're, we're, it's in the Mm. title, health at every size. (laughs) No, it's the first word. We're still, you know, and there are, you know, of course, uh, there are studies that show that losing a small amount of weight helps some conditions. But what we don't know is if it's the changes that the people make in their diet and exercise habits or whatever else, or or if it's actually the weight, we've never been able to separate that. And so I can easily treat somebody for a medical condition with medical nutrition therapy, if it's needed, with improving activity, that kind of thing. Mm. Those things will all improve most of the conditions that people are referring to. Yeah. There's, there's a massive amount of evidence to show that it's not the weight loss. I mean, if it was the weight loss itself that was doing the health improvements, then if we gave everyone liposuction, diabetes would be cured. And that just doesn't happen because when we right. take fat just off people's bodies through liposuction, their health indicators are exactly the same. Exactly. But yeah, it, once we, like, I love all of the research on health behaviors and mortality and morbidity. So there's the Matheson study, which looked at four yes. key health behaviors. And it's a fascinating graph. I will stick it up in the show notes. It looked at different BMIs and different health behaviors. And there was four health behaviors. So there was not smoking drinking in moderation, eating fruit and veg, I think, and doing moderate exercise. And it was only about like 
maybe three times a week of exercise. And it's not like, you know, CrossFit. It was like going for a walk three times a week. And with the the outcome research, what they showed is that if the more health behaviours people had, their risk of dying became exactly the same regardless of BMI. So it didn't matter the size of the person. What did matter was those health behaviours. And that's what health at every size is all about. Right. And you're only seeing real disparity in those, that sort of risk ratio at very, very high ends of BMI. But at the same time, if you're thin, your mortality risk also goes up, you know, for having fewer and fewer health habits. So yeah, it's great evidence. Again, looking at the evidence that just says, hey, if we just help people to do healthy things, (laughs) um, whatever that means for those people, they might actually be healthier or, you know, move towards health. They might live, you know, long and happy lives without having to continue to try to shrink their bodies using diets that don't work all the time. Right. Yeah. And in the end, we all die. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody's getting out of this alive. Absolutely. So I'd Life rather is- be happy and enjoy some pizza once in a while. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And getting back to the splinter assing that we've been talking about <laughs> <laughs> with health professionals, I guess it's just sort of recognizing where you're at. Are you deliberately splinter assing or are you just coming along on the journey? And sometimes in, in our workshops, we talk about if you are splinter assing, maybe just hold off on working with clients until you're through the journey, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'd summarize that as like just shut up and listen for a while. <laughs> like, just listen. Like, you know, just because you heard it once doesn't mean you're an expert and you've got to like all of a sudden <laughs> start doing it. Like, listen, just listen. Yeah, take a pause, do the work and then take don't talk to other people until you have a, a fair grip on all of the issues that all this is about because it's not simple stuff, is it? It's really, really, it is a massive rabbit hole. And I know... I fell down it many years ago and I'm still going. Yeah. Yeah. We're all kind of learning. And I think that one of the things that I I so appreciate about this is that the more people you talk to about it, the more perspectives you get. And I think that's so important because, you know, we assume this is the complete opposite of one size fits all approach, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you could talk to so many different people about how they've internalized haze within their life and you're going to hear so many different stories. Yeah. And there's so many ways in, there's so many ways that people find it. Yeah. So many reasons, you know, either personal or professional and so many layers and so many different experiences. Yeah. I love that too. That's what I love about this community, hearing all of the stories from people about how they found it and the bits that speak to them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if some health professionals too are afraid that somehow they have the idea if they don't, if they do move towards health every size, they can't talk about the clinical stuff. They, I've had some students sort of say like, well, I don't know how to do medical nutrition therapy under a health at every size lens. And of course they point mm-hmm. them straight to Fiona Willer's work and she does a great, a great webinar through ASDA on YouTube. And it's like, no, of course we can still talk about eating and diet for lack of a better word, not diets, but mm-hmm. like, you know, what we eat and and nutrition. And of course we can still talk about those things. We're not not talking about those things. So I think that's the fear is that, well, now I can't, because that was my initial fear when I was becoming a dietitian and I heard about this. I was like, I am totally conflicted. I came into this to help people lose weight and now I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And it took me some time to find my footing of what I, how I would, 
was going to practice as a dietitian. So I think that maybe there's also some fear of like, I don't know how to do this and how to incorporate everything I know into what I'm doing in this model. Yeah, but that's the complexity and the, you know, the things that look like sticking points are actually really interesting and they're not at all limiting. So I find that, you know, um, I don't do medical nutrition therapy, but, you know, as a psychologist working under this framework, if I'm working with people with intolerances or celiac or things like that, like it's just as interesting. It's so much more interesting to talk about managing stuff like that with a, a non-restrictive hat on when it comes to food. Yeah, and, and it actually makes your life easier. Right? So like, easier. Now I'm not asking somebody to starve and do things they don't want to do. I'm making I'm suggesting, you know, some gentle changes that might make them feel better in terms of their whatever their health condition is. But you know, it it actually makes life so much easier where I can, you know, people can do those things. It's easier than going without and going hungry and changing having shame around your body size. Oh yeah. Like dieting and restricting stuff is not the only pathway to health. (laughs) And in fact, it's like a pathway that points towards health, but actually sends you into a sewer, like of just despair. It's not really cool. And health at every size is like, there's many paths. And as a practitioner, you're kind of walking on the path with the person. They're kind of leading. You're not leading. And in diet culture, it's just like, you're completely just telling people what to do. And sort of erasing their own experience. Yeah, I think there's so much gray area in health at every size that that people are looking for a gray area. There's a lot of nuance in following Mm. health at every size because now you don't have the black and white indicators that a diet gives you that you're either succeeding or failing. So it is, it can be more complex for people to follow it in that way, but it's still, I would argue, it's still Mm. miles easier. Yeah, it's much more simple, but um, it's a lot more... It's a lot more loose then. And maybe that's part of what we'll find in research like Fiona's doing about practitioners who are maybe less comfortable with gray areas or, you know, with not just sort of following rules. Maybe there's something that maybe we're all just kind of rebels in this health at every size (laughs) patch that we're in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what we've established from today is there is no such thing as a fat limit on health at every size. You can't tell anything about a person's health from looking at the size of their body. It's definitely not healthy at every size. <laughs> <laughs> the why you saying it. <laughs> Fence sitting splinters your ass. And, oh, uh, big time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sort of, I guess, like mend your splinters before figuring out what to do. <laughs> And if you sit on the fence, you don't go anywhere. <laughs> yes, there's an infection coming your way. If, <laughs> and, and it's really, it's really hard to get someone to tweeze to get yeah. someone to tweeze them out. You know, and, like listen, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not fair. It's not it's not a pleasant thing to do. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's been so good to have this conversation with you guys. I love everything that you do, and your podcast is amazing. And I don't know. Aaron, how many times have you done the the Star Wars presentation now? Because I, uh, I remember seeing that at Beta, and it was so lovely. 
so I have done, you know, at Center for Discovery, they actually love me to do it all over. So I'm, I've done it a bunch of times. I did it and like traveled through Florida and did it a bunch of times. And I actually just got accepted to go to Meta in Boston in April and do it there. So I'm bringing the show to Boston. <laughs> I encourage everyone listening. You have to say Aaron present because it's fantastic to <laughs> what a way I love using metaphors and stuff like that, but what a way to do it using star Wars. It's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> and what's coming up for you, Glennis? Have you got anything interesting or newsworthy? Oh, gee, no, but thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there will be. <laughs> I am. You know, no, I'm just still working in my practice and I am doing the thing I love the most. And I mean, I don't love going out and speaking in front of people. So I'm so happy Aaron does. I just like to kind of work behind the scenes, see my Mm -hmm. clients. We're continuing on on with the podcast, Dietitians Unplugged. So everybody subscribe. So, And I think actually this has been kind of a busy year for me. So I'm kind of looking forward to some rest and relaxation soon. Yeah. Winding down and enjoying the break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for everything you do because my gosh, over there in LA, you guys are definitely needed. You're welcome. And (laughs) you hear more of us than you would think in LA, which is great, but we want a Hayes dietitian in every city in the US. Yeah. At least one, right? We've got to be getting close. Yeah. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Ah, okay. Work still to do. You've got to spread the word. But thank you so much, guys. This has been such an awesome conversation. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Take good care. What an awesome conversation. Thank you again to these two incredible people who I hope to see very soon because it's just so awesome shooting the breeze and having these conversations. And what a great conversation that was. And I hope that it has people thinking about this whole concept of health at every size. There are many pathways into health, that health is absolutely not a moral obligation and that it is really okay to make a choice and sort of pick a side when it comes to health at every size because, you know, I just love how they got across that point so beautifully that we can't support something that is causing harm. We must recognise the harm and collectively across many professions, we need to agree to stop doing the harm. And I'm certainly not going to shut up until that starts to happen. So that's the show for another week. I hope you've really enjoyed it as much as I have. If you would like to find out more about Glennis and Aaron and all the lovely stuff that they do, you can find their podcast, Dietitians Unplugged, by just sort of sticking it into Google and then uh, subscribing to it with whoever you use to subscribe to your podcasts. If you want to find out more about Aaron, you can find his website at www.bvmrd.com. And for Glennis, her website is Dare to Not Diet wordpress.com and Glennis has an awesome blog that she writes too so that's well worth subscribing to and she has some courses that are free too so she's quiet but she does a lot both of these people do a lot and it's just I'm so grateful for them being on the planet Okay, so I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode for you. I hope that you look forward to it as much as I'm looking forward to giving it to you. And remember, don't forget to subscribe and to tell your friends about the podcast so more and more people can hear about it. So I'll see you in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap.